O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, May 31st. Israel is at the center stage of world events. Israel is the apple of God's eye. It is from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel, that Yeshua will one day rule and reign for 1,000 years. If you want to understand prophetic end-time events and what the God of Israel is doing in these last days, we must keep our eye on Israel. Sign up for Israel on Target. We give you the top news stories coming from Israel each week, along with scriptures to pray over Israel. Each week we also include an Up Periscope special feature article. Each article does a deep dive on topics you won't find in the mainstream media, including big tech censorship, the inside scoop on the coronavirus vaccines, and other hot topics. Stay informed and in the loop. To sign up for Israel on Target, Up Periscope, go to dailyaudiotorah.com and sign up today. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shalak Leka, and it means send for yourself. Numbers 13, 16-33 Those were the names of the men whom Moses sent to scout the land. But Moses changed the name of Hosea, son of Nun, to Joshua. When Moses sent them to scout the land of Canaan, he said to them, Go up there into the Negev and on into the hill country, and see what kind of country it is. Are the people who dwell in it strong or weak, few or many? Is the country in which they dwell good or bad? Are the towns they live in open? Or fortified? Is the soil rich or poor? Is it wooded or not? And take pains to bring back some of the fruit of the land. Now it happened to be the season of the first ripe grapes. They went up and scattered the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob at Lebo Hamath. 
They went up into the Negev and came to Hebron, where lived Ahimam, Sheshai, and Talmai, the Anakites. Now Hebron was founded seven years before Zoan of Egypt. They reached the Wadi Eshkol, and there they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes. It had to be borne on a carrying frame by two of them, and some pomegranates and figs. That place was named the Wadi Eshkol because of the cluster that the Israelites cut down there. At the end of forty days they returned from scouting the land. They went straight to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran, and they made their report to them and to the whole community as they showed them the fruit of the land. This is what they told them. We came to the land you sent to us. It does indeed flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who inhabit the country are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the Anakites there. Amalekites dwell in the Negev region. Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites inhabit the hill country. And Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Caleb hushed the people before Moses and said, Let us by all means go up, and we shall gain possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We cannot attack that people, for they are stronger than we. Thus they spread calumnies among the Israelites about the land that they had scouted, saying, The country that we traversed and scouted is one that devours its settlers. All the people that we saw in it are men of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The Anakites are part of the Nephilim, and we looked like grasshoppers to ourselves. So we must have looked to them. The whole community broke into loud cries, and the people wept that night. Second Samuel 17, 1-29 And Ahitophel said to Absalom, Let me pick twelve thousand men and set out tonight in pursuit of David. I will come upon him when he is weary and disheartened, and I will throw him into a panic. And when all the troops with him flee, I will kill the king alone. And I will bring back all the people to you. When all have come back except the man you are after, all the people will be at peace. The advice pleased Absalom and all the elders of Israel. But Absalom said, Summon Hushai the archite as well, so we can hear what he too has to say. Hushai came to Absalom, and Absalom said to him, This is what Ahitophel has advised. Shall we follow his advice? If not, what do you say? Hushai said to Absalom, This time the advice that Ahitophel has given is not good. You know, Hushai continued, that your father and his men are courageous fighters, and they are as desperate as a bear in the wild robbed of her whelps. 
Your father is an experienced soldier, and he will not spend the night with the troops. Even now he must be hiding in one of the pits or in some other place. And if any of them fall at the first attack, whoever hears of it will say a disaster has struck the troops that follow Absalom. And even if he is a brave man with the heart of a lion, he will be shaken. For all Israel knows that your father and the soldiers with him are courageous fighters. So I advise that all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, as numerous as the sands of the sea, be called up to join you, and that you yourself march into battle. When we come upon him in whatever place he may be, we'll descend on him as thick as dew falling on the ground, and no one will survive, neither he nor any of the men with him. And if he withdraws into a city, all Israel will bring ropes to that city and drag its stones as far as the riverbed, until not even a pebble of it is left. Absalom and all Israel agreed that the advice of Hushai the archite was better than that of Ahitophel. Hashem had decreed that Ahitophel's sound advice be nullified, in order that Hashem might bring ruin upon Absalom. Then Hushai told the Kohanim Zadok and Evyartar, This is what Ahitophel advised Absalom and the elders of Israel. This is what I advised. Now send at once and tell David, Do not spend the night at the fords of the wilderness, but cross over at once. Otherwise the king and all the troops with him will be annihilated. Jonathan and Ahimaaz were staying at Enrogel, and a slave girl would go and bring them word, and they in turn would go and inform King David, for they themselves dared not to be seen entering the city. But a boy saw them and informed Absalom. They left at once and came to the house of a man in Bahurim who had a well in his courtyard. They got down into it, and the wife took a cloth, spread it over the mouth of the well, and scattered goats on top of it, so that nothing would be noticed. When Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house and asked where Ahimaaz and Jonathan were, the woman told them that they had crossed a bit beyond the water. They searched but found nothing, and they returned to Jerusalem. After they were gone, Ahimaaz and Jonathan came up from the well and went and informed King David. They said to David, Go and cross the water quickly, for Ahitophel has advised thus and thus concerning you. David and all the troops with him promptly crossed the Jordan, and by daybreak not one was left who had not crossed the Jordan. When Ahitophel saw that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and went home to his native town. He set his affairs in order, and then he hanged himself. He was buried in his ancestral tomb. David had reached Mahanaim when Absalom and all the men of Israel with him crossed the Jordan. Absalom had appointed Amasa, army commander, in place of Joab. Amasa was the son of a man named Ithra the Israelite, who had married Abigail, daughter of Nahash and sister of Joab's mother, Zeruiah. The Israelites and Absalom encamped in the district of Gilead. 
When David reached Mahanaim, Shobi, son of Nahash from Rabath Ammon, and Maker, son of Amiel from Lodabar, and Barzillai the Gileadite from Rogelim, presented couches, basins, and earthenware. Also wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, lentils, parched grain, honey, curds, a flock, and cheese from the herd for David and the troops with him to eat. For they knew that the troops must have grown hungry, faint, and thirsty in the wilderness. John 19, 23-42 Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Yeshua, took his garments and made four parts, to every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, They parted my raiment among them, and from my vesture they did cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Yeshua his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Yeshua therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, He said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour that disciple took her into his own home. After this, Yeshua, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now there was a set vessel full of vinegar, And they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Yeshua therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and gave up his spirit. The Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for the Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Yeshua, and saw that he was dead already, they broke not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came out blood and water. And he saw that it bore record, and his record is true, and he knows that he says is true, that you might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken. And again another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. And after this Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Yeshua, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Yeshua, and Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Yeshua, and there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Yeshua by night. And he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. Then they took the body of Yeshua and wound it 
in linen clothes with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein was never any man laid. There they laid Yeshua because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was near at hand. Psalm 119, 129-152 Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore does my soul keep them. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for your commandments. Look upon me and be merciful to me, as you used to do to those that love your name. Order my steps in your word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so I will keep your precepts. Make your face to shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. Rivers of water run down my eyes, because they keep not your Torah. Righteous are you, O Yahweh, and upright are your judgments. Your testimonies that you have commanded are righteous and very faithful. My zeal has consumed me, because my enemies have forgotten your words. Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet do not I forget your precepts. Your righteousness is everlasting righteousness, and your Torah is the truth. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet your commandments are my delights. The righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. I cried with my whole heart, Hear me, O Yahweh, I will keep your statutes. I cried unto you, Save me, and I shall keep your testimonies. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. I hoped in your word. My eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness, O Lord. Quicken me according to your judgment. They draw near that follow after mischief. They are far from your Torah. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. Proverbs 16, 12, and 13 It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him that speaks right. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Numbers chapter 13. And this is a very critical crossroads point in the history of the Hebrews who had come out of Egypt. They have been sent into the land of Canaan, the promised land, by Moses to go scope it out. There's 12 spies, one from each tribe. Caleb and Joshua are amongst those 12 spies. 
And Moses tells them to scope everything out, to look at the soil, to look at the fruit of the land, to look at the people, the cities, and to come back with a report. However, it does not go so very well. Because ten spies come back with a very negative report. And the people listen to this negative report. And they are disheartened. And these ten spies spread unbelief, fear, and doubt throughout the camp. Like cancer, it spreads. Like wildfire, it spreads. And very severe, harsh consequences happen, which we will learn about tomorrow as we continue in the reading. I want to read verse 27. This is what they told him. We came to the land you sent to us. It does indeed flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The spies' slanderous report against Eretz Israel is one of the worst, if not the single gravest, sin described in the Bible. Moses sends one representative from each tribe to scout out the land, and ten of the twelve return with a negative report. Only Caleb and Joshua have faith in the Lord and speak positively about the land of Israel. Whereas the Lord forgives many sins throughout the Bible, slandering Eretz Israel, the land, is unacceptable, and the entire generation is punished for accepting the negative report. They are condemned to wander in the desert for forty years, until the entire generation of the spies dies off, as they no longer deserve to enter the promised land. Like Caleb and Joshua, We must not fall into the trap of criticizing the greatest of all of God's gifts. Rather, we must speak positively about Israel at every opportunity. So, continuing on, um, in verse 32, I want to read that in a different translation. In the Israel Bible translation, it says, Thus they spread calumnies among the Israelites about the land they had scouted. And in the King James, that same verse reads as follows. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel. Okay, so calumnies means an evil report. Continuing on in verse 33. We saw the Nephilim there. The Anakites are part of the Nephilim. And we looked like grasshoppers to ourselves. And so we must have looked to them. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. In comparison to the giants living in Canaan, the spies report that we looked like grasshoppers to ourselves, and so we must have looked to them. Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Coates, a Hasidic leader in the 19th century, suggests that the sin of the spies was that they worried about what others thought of them. As emissaries of Hashem, they should have been concerned only 
with fulfilling their mission, despite how they might be perceived by people around them. We all have a special mission to spread God's messages to the world. Since we know we are fulfilling Hashem's work, we should not worry about what others will think about us. And I did read chapter 14, verse 1 which reads, The whole community broke into loud cries, and the people wept that night. The Israel Bible commentary to that verse reads as follows. The sages explain that Hashem intentionally selected the ninth day of the month of Av as the day upon which both the first and second temples would be destroyed. According to Jewish tradition, this is because it was on this day that the twelve spies returned from their mission to scout out Israel, as reported in the coming verses following their pessimistic and libelous report. The people cried out to God in fear, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we might die in this wilderness. Why is Hashem taking us to that land to fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be carried off. It would be better for us to go back to Egypt. The Talmud records that Hashem reprimanded the people for their lack of faith and said, As you cried on the ninth of Av for no reason, this day will become a day of crying for all future generations. The events surrounding the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, are linked back to the biblical account of the Twelve Spies. To illustrate that all of Jewish history is inexorably interwoven and is the unfolding of Hashem's plan. We must never forget that one of the keys to the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, and the heralding in of the Messianic era is our unquestioning trust in God and appreciation of Eretz Israel. Very well said. I'm going to leave it at that and have a blessed day. Day and we'll see you tomorrow. The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.